listen to Sienna T Radio because that is where it's at, baby. And it goes a little something like this. Listen to Sienna. You're gonna like it. Check it out. Sienna has the best songs, the best vibes from around the world. Tune in now or you're missing out. What a busy traffic on this Friday evening. I am almost stuck in this traffic for the last 40 minutes. And there is no way, I think, for me to get to the show. The Sienna T Radio Song Bank. Which is going to start very shortly. It's one of my favorite shows. And my, my, what a way to wind down for the weekend. Perfect two hours of fun-filled music. And she has so many great features. Sound of Music. Undercover. Foreign Exchange. Name that tune. And the big wheel that she spins. For who's that? Or where are we? We cannot forget about the international stage. I have never come across such a great show in my life. I think I will have to press hard on my accelerator and go as fast as I can to get home in time. Wow! Wow! Look! I made it! I am almost there! Sienna t Making your day brighter, one song at a time. Welcome to Broadcast Map. This is the show I cover the world of broadcasting, sports media, and from time to time, my favorite sports teams. Here is your host, Ali Musa. Welcome to Broadcast Map. This is the first one in a little while that we've done, a few weeks at least. Um, uh, on the day of this recording, it is Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Happy Valentine's Day to the listeners. I hope that this is a wonderful day for you today. My name is Ali Musa, and I am your host. Joined today, this week, for the Wednesday show by Lisa Brandt, voiceover, who, Lisa, is a voiceover talent and a former broadcaster as well, and perhaps does do so, does some broadcasting still a little bit. Lisa, thank you so much for taking some time to join me here on your Wednesday morning. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Allie. My pleasure. And actually, I want to start by giving some listener shout-outs here. Uh, Ted Wallishan says hi, Lisa, to you. 
Wonderful. I listened to the episode with Ted and uh, yeah, I have great memories of working with him and seeing him over the years. He's a wonderful man. um, Start with that. Let's start there. Start with some memories that you have of working with Ted. Well, it was uh, a long time ago. It was in the 90s, really, although I have had the pleasure of being on his show a few times since then when I've released books. Um, I do a bit of writing. And Ted was just a, a fun guy to be around in the hallways. I didn't ever go on his show when I was doing some work at CFRB. My main job was down the hall at Mix 99.9, which has had a couple of different rebirths since then. But um, but Ted was always a great presence in the hallway and a, just a, a funny, fun guy to be around and a consummate broadcaster. Um, everybody loved him and, you know, just good memories of a good vibe in the hallway. Yeah, absolutely. No, he, um, you know, I, 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 you see, it, it's interesting too because, um, um, I, I, I followed. I've been, you know, I, I've also been following his career, um, in the last, um, and uh, for like, and it's been like he's had, like, he had such a like an amazing run in mm. uh, traditional media. In the, we'll call it legacy media, um, over the years, and. And just, you know, being able to just kind of sit down and have that conversation with him on his thoughts and experiences, um, you know, it's it's sort of, um, you know, it, it, it speaks kind of to the presence that um, that a person that that he's left another one too actually. And you probably saw he's actually coming up. Uh, Tom Hayes, too. Same thing there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't know Tom at all, but of course I know of him. And it really is people who carried over from, I want to call it the analog age to the digital age, staying in in one job, maintaining, uh, being able to, you know, come in and do it every day and attract an audience. Those are the people that basically kept legacy media alive. Um, you, even when Ted moved to weekends, it yeah. was, it was Ted Wallachian. You wanted to tune in and listen and he knows everybody and um yeah it's those folks who you wanted to continue listening to even when radio was supposedly on its decline um and it pretty much is now yeah the people you could count on every day though were the ones who uh who kept you tuned in yeah and and that's a good place to kind of that's a that's a good segue here um I want to start. I want to talk about start by talking about the with you the um, your thoughts on the Bell Media on the recent Bell Media cuts from last Thursday. Well, I have a number of thoughts based on. I mean, I'm completely biased because I was in radio for thirty some odd years, and my last station was a Bell Media station. Yeah, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it uh, News Talk twelve ninety? Yes, which no longer exists because right, they all yep. flipped the switch and shut it off. Um, so I have a lot of, you know, I have a an inherent bias here. So yeah, I go ahead. No, no, yeah, no, we'll have the conversation. Go <laughs> yeah, ahead. Yeah, the the way they uh, the way they treated us at that station caused me to quit. Um, anyway, as far as the cuts go, we're talking about a company that took $40 million from the federal government every year to prop itself up um, to 
allegedly invest in journalism and keeping journalists' voices alive on the airways, uh, and then turns around and says their legal counsel says radio is no longer a viable business. Keep in yep. mind that that this guy is a lawyer. He's not a broadcaster. Um, he cares only about the shareholders, which is what the Brain Trust of Bell cares about. They do not care about Canadians as a whole, full stop. And that's the kind of statement that would would come from somebody like that. Now, if I were a client wanting to buy airtime, I would not look to a Bell station at this point. I might look to one of the buyers of the Bell stations, the 45 stations they sold off, because those people obviously understand that radio is a viable business when it's done right, and it's done locally, and it has resources. And Bell has not had any interest in owning or running radio properly. Just look what they've done to CFRB. Look what they they did to so many other radio stations. They don't care about radio. They care about TV. They care about shareholders. And they care about... I'll, I'll, let me tell you this as an example, Allie. So yeah. we, we would be called to a mandatory uh, town hall to get an update on profits and how everybody did this quarter. This would happen quarterly. And radio would not be mentioned. They were making millions and millions of dollars from radio, but it wouldn't even come up. And we would, radio people would sit there and look at each other and say, did I miss the update on radio? They'd say, "We, we got this from telecom. We got this from television. We got this from whatever else they were invested in and, and working on. And radio wasn't even mentioned. They didn't care. We were the afterthoughts. We were what they sort of had to have in order to get the TV properties when they bought them so long ago. And and they just don't care about radio. They've proven it over and over again. And now yep. look what they've done to all these people's livelihoods, um, people who do care about radio. Yeah, and see, and this is the thing, like, see, and, and even, even like, like and, and you mentioned TV there. They don't even care much about TV, except except for except for Toronto. That's because, right. You're right that, because of the fact that they canceled like even even CTV Kitchener and this place like they they canceled the the weekend the noon newscast and the weekend newscast, uh, the weekend uh, the six p.m. newscast. It's like they they don't care about the TV side either. No, they don't unless it's Toronto. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they you know. For a time, it was the same in radio, but now they don't even care about Toronto radio. But um, London television here has been working under so many cuts. They have some of the best, most wonderful, hardworking people there. And I want to make clear that this has nothing to do with the people who still believe in radio and still love it and have been fired. Yeah. You know, it's got nothing to do with performance or ability or talent or tenacity it's just got to do with numbers so for example they cut years ago they cut the morning um news slash information show on ctv here sorry i have to let my yep. cat out my cat no, doesn't no want to be here no 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 problem no problem <laughs> and he's my supervisor and um they cut the morning show so what they would do is rebroadcast rebroadcast the evening newscast in the morning and it drew com so many complaints but what people didn't understand was that there was no budget there was no 
money. There was no support. There was absolutely nothing. And you can't get people to come in at 3.30 in the morning for free. <laughs> it's uh, it's not only unpleasant, it's just not done and it's unprofessional. So um, this all came from head office. And, um, you know, even in radio in, in uh, at CJBK, we would have meetings about how to do promotions with no money. We were supposed to come up with prizes and things with and I'm not talking little budget. I'm talking zero budget. Um, it was it was difficult. They were starving everybody for resources. See, and that's the thing. But see, and but here's the thing. And it's always seemed right. It it always feels like that every time it's come to every time like when it came when it comes to any kind of Bell Media property, they you see most. Traditional, traditional company, like you look at your, you look at your traditional, like, for example, let's sort of like bring it into your traditional tech company. You look at your, you look at your Apple, you look at your Amazon, you look at your Google, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They make, they all, everybody makes cuts, but you know what they do with the cuts is they make cuts and they find ways to innovate with either with the people that they have and with more and perhaps bring in a couple more people who are experienced in certain things that they're trying to do. Look at what Bell Media is for the radio proper. They cut. They don't, they don't replace, they don't have any innovation. They don't have well, any innovation. I, here's what I think they've done, Allie. They've done so many cuts over the years. They can't yeah. innovate anymore. There's, there are simply not enough people left to do these particular things. And again, it's about cost cutting. So when you put on a television show, um, it's a, it can get expensive, especially a news show when you have a lot of reporters. And it's not because they're making tons of money. It's because of technology and, and many different things. And you do need a lot of people. But they simply can't do that anymore. If they could find a way to do it with AI, and I think that's going to happen down the road, um, at least somebody will experiment with a bunch of AI reporters. But um, I think they would. It's just... It's supposed to be a service to the people. They're supposed to be creating a service that is for Canadians, brings us together, informs us about our country. And from the newspapers to radio to now what's happened with television, that desire isn't there to do it. It's just all about dollars and cents. And it's... um. I understand that people want to make money, but I'm old enough to remember when it used to be you went with the flow when you invested in something. Some years were great. Some years weren't great. And there wasn't this artificial prop up of the share price to any end by throwing people out and uh, making them figure out how to feed their families, despite them doing an exemplary job. It's... Uh, capitalism gone gone amok well that's it like that's another thing too because in, in one capacity here they're just going but see but does it make any of the other legacy media companies look better does it make rogers look any better well i think you know i have a, a soft spot in my heart for rogers here's my bias because i worked for them for many years at 680 news and chfi and uh, they always treated me well, but exactly, I, would yep. I, I would always remind uh, my colleagues that the other markets mattered just as much 
to the people in those markets. A lot of people in Toronto hadn't worked outside of Toronto, and I had I, I worked all over the place, and and you know those other markets matter just as much. And I would argue, in some ways, more. If you're in a place where you can't get more media, you know, that's what CBC is supposed to cover. But uh, giving us a diversity of voices is very important, too. So we don't end up with a Fox News and a CNN and the two of them fighting each other with uh, completely different perspectives on the same story because they have such uh, biased coverage in both ways. I, it's not a service to the people in any way. It's a service to shareholders' bottom line. Um, you know, I know Bell shareholders who would not want them to run the company this way, but they don't have a big enough voice. And uh, you have to assume the ones with the big enough voices are the ones who, who want to profit uh, at any cost. But see, that's the thing. But see, but the other thing too, like see, and and my sort of thing is my perspective is is that I, I mean, in some ways, I I kind of feel it makes Rogers look a little a little better because of the fact that they they are the that that broadcasting side they're trying to do things to innovate, like they've got the like like they've got the frequency podcast network and things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, right. Right. and. The other thing with Rogers is, um, like, let's take 680, for example. They have yep. shed, shed some people over the years, but that is an expensive format to run. Yeah. Hugely expensive because it's so people heavy and it's it's got a lot of people around the clock. Um, but they're committed to providing great quality. Uh, they haven't cut it. I mean, when CFRB's newsroom was decimated, that was just uh i mean i can't even describe what a horrible day that was for anybody who had a career in broadcast journalism it um i mean okay our newsroom theoretically could get cut to one person or whatever out outside of toronto but you could always look to cfrb as a little bit more of um um i guess a bellwether and a standard for how it ought to be um when they cut that, it was just devastating. And that's the other part of this. You know, people who survive these cuts are also detrimentally affected. They get a, a, a PTSD type of uh, response to it. Um, it's horrible to have your friends lose their jobs. And you go in every day. I, I was working at a radio station once. Uh, this has nothing to do with Bell or any of the big conglomerates. They fired my husband, who I was doing the morning show with. There were three of us. And the two of us who were left, every day we'd come in and look at each other and just be like, you know, surviving isn't isn't the easiest thing either. I mean, it's great. We still have our jobs and we're thankful for that. But um, it affects the morale of everybody. It really does, right? It really does. But like all it is, see, and then and then see, but here here's the other thing that that really sort of kind of bothers me too. That mm. a few weeks ago, and they've done this, and they've done this, and they seem to be and they seem to do this every year. A few weeks ago, they had their Bell Let's Talk Day to mm. raise awareness for mental health. Great, great initiative. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. But what do they you see? But it really doesn't have the meaning to it anymore because what are they doing out then? The money they're getting from that, the very next day or a couple of weeks after, like they did again this year, they use that and then turned it into more cuts. Yeah. And uh, let me provide a, a bit of a cynical view of Bell Let's Talk as well, having promoted it for many years from inside Bell. I think it's a great initiative, too, because um, it spread awareness of mental health issues. I think it helped. I think it really did help us to have conversations. I know my uh, co-host on CJBK, Ken Eastwood, and I would always talk about mental health on, on that day. And that wasn't something you would typically discuss on a on a morning show just as a a topic. But uh, we were all giving money to Bell, which Bell was then donating to several causes and getting tax receipts on our behalf. Let's be honest, it was a, a write-off for them. And you're absolutely right. It's completely hypocritical to have this initiative and say you're helping normalize the discussions about mental health and mental health issues and help bring it into the forefront and then turn around and negatively affect the mental health of so many thousands of people. Um, Bell has a real image problem. I mean, there's no way this lawyer who said radio isn't viable, a viable business anymore, did that in a vacuum. He did that. He made that statement with approval. That statement was approved by either the rest of the executive team or whatever. There's no way that was an off-the-cuff statement. And it didn't just piss off people who were in broadcasting. It was an insult to all the fans of radio who listen to local radio, who, who enjoy a radio personality, who advertise on radio. Um, Bell has a real image issue. And it's, I could name a half dozen other things that that you've heard uh, over the years. Um, I don't know if they maybe don't care if they're seen as a greedy monolith. I would think they would. Uh, It's a long day, been a long time since we've thought of Bell as, you know, Ma Bell, um, something that we could look to as a leader Alexander Graham Bell, I mean, I was born in his city. Um, It's just gotten so far into greed and uh, destroying destroying livelihoods and reducing the opportunities for people at the expense of um, or with the goal of better share prices. See, and also, too, when they made when they announced their cuts, They've also said that there's going to be some cuts coming on the internet side too. Something about um, uh, about about the 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 infrastructure thing of fiber optics or something. Yeah, and so you know, what do you think if you are a subscriber to Bell Internet? I don't know. I don't have anything Bell in my house, nope. and never would. No, nope, uh, but not but, at you all. Know, nope. Yeah, it's just so widespread. Um, Uh, It's just really unfortunate what's happening to the whole landscape. I know that not every radio station is making a ton of money. Um, You know, we used to work at AM, FM, 
properties, for example, and the FM would be doing really great and it would help keep the AM going or vice versa. But now it's almost become every every station for itself. And um, if not, we're flipping your switch and you're you're going right off the air. Yeah. Now, of course, now, now CJBK, of course, meant, we mentioned that back then. Wasn't it? Um, I think you also uh, did the morning show, if I remember, with uh, Mike Stubbs as well at one point. Yes, Mike and uh, I joined Mike. Mike was at the station and we did a morning show together. Um, and then Mike left to go to AM980, understandably, because 980 got the bid, won the bid to air the London Nights. Right, and yeah. that's Mike's first love. Mike yeah. Stubbs uh, now does a, an afternoon show there. And of course, always the, the London Nights. He is one of the finest, nicest, most decent men I've ever met in broadcasting. Just a wonderful man. I uh, can't say enough about him, but he left. So we had to do, we had to move on. Yeah. No, Mike's great. Yeah, no, I, I, I've always, yeah, Mike Stubbs, always, always had respect for Mike Stubbs. Mike Farwell, too, friend of the show. Mike Farwell. I don't know that I ever worked with him. No, um, Mike Farwell also does, he does a talk show in Kitchener at City News 570 Kitchener. Oh yes, yes, we have spoken. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But I, but I never actually worked with him. No, yeah. but you, you, but, um, but yeah, but you're familiar with, um, uh, who, absolutely, like, yep, Mike. Yep. Yeah, no, and of course, he's also known for the Farwell for Hire campaign that he does every year. Right. Yeah, that's great stuff. Yeah. Right. But see, but you know, honestly, though, anybody that's currently there, like, see, anybody who's currently in 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 media now, legacy media. It's hard to, th I mean, it's it's hard not, like, I, I feel for people that are there right now. Well, me too, because they would feel insulted and like they're, um, what they're doing doesn't matter. And I hope that they know and have heard from enough people to know it matters very much. And it's hard work. It can be hard work. Um, it, we may not be, as broadcasters, outside you know, working in the cold or whatever, but that we are held to such an impossible standard now, especially since COVID and since politics in the U.S., that, that people take a lot of crap and they continue to come in and do the best job they can. Uh, um, you know, it's, you have to love it. You have to have it in your blood and have to absolutely love it. And those that do will continue to find work because they don't have another choice. It's like what acting coaches say about actors. As long as you don't give up and you keep going, or musicians, uh, just keep at it. You will you will find a way to make a make a career out of it. And I think it's the same with broadcasting. It's gotten a lot smaller. Um, there are other things people can do, and there's no no shame or or you know got families to feed and all that kind of stuff and and find how those skills can transfer but um the people who are in it and are meant to be in it and can't see themselves doing anything else i think we'll we'll continue to find a way yeah that that's it too you know i agree with you there but but the opportunities though yeah but the opportunities are like especially like in legacy media with it continuing to shrink Right. But uh, here, I'm going to give you a, a bit of a longer view here because um, 
my third, I think, radio station was CKSL in London, uh, which, again, no longer exists. Um, but it was hit radio, uh, neck and neck with CJBK. It was always which one is going to win the book, you know, the ratings book. We were live around the clock. There had to be, I'm going to guess, about a dozen people in the newsroom of an AM hit station. It was full of opportunity. The whole industry was full of opportunity back then. You'd never think of putting something recorded on unless there was a fire in the building or everybody was sick or something. Um, it was, you know, we were analog. It was long before digital, long before the internet. And so this shrinking has been happening. That was the 80s. And the shrinking has been happening a long, long, long time. And it's had to do with changes in the industry. You know, I've been hearing that radio is dying or dead since about 1983. And it's still alive. Um, and it still thrives in markets where they understand that being hyper-local I remember when my FM started um, just being so excited because they are so local focused and so uh, responsive to what their smaller markets want. And I think that with the divestion of these 45 stations from Bell going to smaller regional companies, I'm hoping that that's what's going to happen for these radio stations that they won't necessarily be live around the clock or any of that stuff. I think those days are long, long gone. But I think that it'll go back to the roots of what radio means and can mean to people and local advertisers, local news, local content, local people who mostly who live in the in the market they serve. Um, I think there were opportunities there. I'm trying to look at the glass half full here, Allie. And, um, you know, it's a tough time. Uh, for a lot of people, but I'm hoping this will be a rebirth for, for these radio stations anyway, and maybe they'll show others that they can do the same thing. Sure. But, um, and, and I agree with you. I, I mean, I agree in the sense that with these stations, and now, of course, uh, and and um, and Newstock 610 CKTB, that was one of the ones that they're going to sell, That that's mm -hmm. being that uh, that that will be sold. That's actually a great station, by the way. Oh, it is. It's a wonderful station with with great people who have you know been there been there a long time. And uh, and I think they still have local. They still have a newsroom there. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, I think they do. When I worked for Standard way back in the day, uh, CKTB of course was part of the family. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in the Niagara area, so every. Every area deserves to have some sort of media to be able to deliver. Not everybody's on the internet. I mean, we still think everybody is, but not everybody is. Who uh, who's reaching the older people in um, in long term care homes? Radio, um, you know, and of course, radio is about so much more than that. Please don't take that out of context. No, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, radio has all sorts of opportunity and um, viability, no matter what a lawyer from Bell says, uh, for the future. And if there comes a day when it doesn't, well, well, that day arrives. But that day is not here right now. But see, that's it, though, right? But it's not being, see, it's, it's not being, but it's not being looked at 
especially with the way it's being painted by, say, Bell Media, or it's it's not or it's not being painted with that brush. No, you're right, and they and been... that's the way it should be painted. If there's a if there's a market for that, if there which there is, and I and you made a very good point there about long term care homes, but people in long term care homes that are not on the internet and that radio, but you need to provide that quality. Yes, you do, uh, but Bell is not where we should be looking for that, and I think giving other people an opportunity to run these radio stations without worrying about how much they're giving to shareholders. Uh, or they may. I mean, they could be little conglomerates and they may worry about that very much. But I think the smaller um, stations, the smaller companies have more of a a feeling of responsibility to their markets. You know, Bell is like, it's so big. It's so massive. Um, when I worked for Bell in London, we had Rogers Cable on television. And I asked somebody why we didn't have Bell. Why don't we have Bell TV? And the answer was, it's too expensive. So one arm of Bell couldn't get another arm of Bell to provide it with television service without paying for it the way anybody else would pay for it. So we continued to have people come into the Bell operation and while they were in the waiting room, watch Rogers television. <laughs> so, you know, that's how big this company is. I don't even know the scope of it. Um, in smaller hands, I think things will do better. Yeah. No, but here's the thing. Wasn't... Um... I, I seem to remember this, but wasn't um, uh, wasn't Bell also renting that building or renting that space to to Jack FM, which was which was Bob and owned by which was owned by Rogers? Oh, that was the television station. Yeah, we were in a separate building um, and then got moved. Now Bell is all in in its own uh, in that building in the television station on Communications Road. Uh, we were on Wellington Road separate, but yes, that's exactly what was happening. So television was in the one building and then um, the Rogers stations were in there as well. And then we were in our own building and we happened to carry Rogers TV. Now, that's just because of previous ownership. Um, you know, it takes a while to pull all that stuff together, I understand. And they were enjoying the rent, I'm sure, from Rogers, too. So now that building on Wellington Road, as far as I know, is still empty. Uh, but all the radio and TV people are all together in the building on Communications Road. Uh, in, including the, including the, including a Jack, or did they move that? I think they're, uh, or are they in their own no, building? No, no, Jack um, is now uh, in downtown London with the Rogers TV. So everybody's with their their partners in media, um, as far as I know. And okay. um, that includes the Tilsonburg station as well. Yeah. So is the future in your mind of radio of is, is the future podcasting? Do you think, I mean, of course, not everybody, we, we did say not everybody is on the internet, but how do we make it? so that both mediums serve 
a similar type of outlet and value, no matter how people listen. As long as they get what they want when they want. Right. Well, think, you know, things change and they evolve and, and I'm not smart enough or insightful enough to predict what will happen. But it's funny, my podcast co-host, Aaron Davis, a uh, well-known person, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. said uh, that she used to get upset when about podcasts when she was still on radio, thinking that they were competing because they're basically whatever you want on demand. Podcasting may be the future. I don't know. I don't know that our podcast competes with any sort of radio. Um, I do know about a podcast from ex-radio people that is giving current radio people the shivers because they're doing very well. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know. I know podcasts have grown to such a a great degree that I'm having fun with it. Um, I'm about to start a second one with somebody else and... uh, um, I honestly, Allie, I'm I'm dodging your question a little bit because I can't say for sure. I just don't know enough about the the broader scope of the landscape. But I do know that for me, I would rather listen to a podcast than a radio show, except no, for too. Tarzan Dan, except for Tarzan Dan, who happens to be on Bell, although they keep just saying iHeartRadio. But uh, you know, yeah, you but it's a but iHeartRadio is a iHeart is a Bell partnership. That's what I'm saying. But um, <laughs> but. You know, he's such a, a wonderful talent and, again, a legacy broadcaster that people are comfortable with and have known for so long that he's he's so much fun to listen to. But other than that, it's pretty much podcasts for me. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. You know what? It's either for me, podcasts, uh, Sirius XM. Right. The app, that is. I, I Obviously, I don't drive, so just the streaming package. Um, and... Um, I'll be honest. I started playing with um, with Apple Music too. So, you know, Audible. See, I think all that. Are you familiar with Audible? Yes, right. Oh well, I actually narrate audiobooks as part of my living, so I'm very familiar with it. Nice. Yeah. that's a great service too. Yeah. yeah. No, you know what? I don't know if we um have we got a little bit of time to talk about that. I want to talk about uh, uh, your current yeah. work. You know, I I was looking. I was actually on your website a few times actually. Um looking at some of the stuff that you, um, you, um, you do. Do you want to just, can you uh, um, talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, for a lot of people in radio, voiceover is a sideline. Um, and then when I decided to leap, uh, to leave radio, um, again, largely due to how it was affecting my mental health, um, I decided to go full time into voiceover and, my it was just a was grind, a, wasn't it? Well, it was a grind. I, you know, the people kept me there because I loved yeah. the people, uh, the my immediate team, the people I worked with every day. Um, Ken Eastwood, Lorena Dixon. Uh, you know, they they were the reason that I stayed. But yeah, yeah. it became it became a grind, and I I've always had some trouble sleeping, and and uh, getting up at three or three thirty is. Um, you know, is hard on the old body. But anyway, uh, I decided to get full-time into voiceover. And there, it's funny, you think you're in radio and, and oh, I know voiceover because I do commercials all the time, but there's so much to learn. So I immediately got coaching and I've, I continue to get coaching. Um, last time was just in November. And uh, fortunately, have been able to make a go of it. So I do 
all sorts of things. I, I, I don't belong to voices.com or voice one, two, three, any of those things. I've, I've cultivated a lot of my own clients, which is hard, but uh, one of those things you need to do. And I do audiobook narration, um, corporate corporate projects, e-learning, tons of e-learning. So when you started a company and have to do, uh, you know, WMIS training or any kind of HR training, I do a lot of that. And some commercial work, but uh, commercials make up just a, a small fraction of it. But I work in my basement in my purpose-built little studio here, and my cat is at my feet all day, and uh, I love it. I couldn't couldn't think of a better life. I could be a hermit very easily, Allie. <laughs> so kind of, yeah, so kind of like me, you know, kind of like me then, kind of recording from my own uh, studio here. Yeah, that's right, and it's really, oh, I, I really enjoy it. I do. Yeah, and during the pandemic, I mean, we were, we were pandemic-proofed at the time because we were already working from home and work didn't really slow down. We felt so lucky every day. We just talked about being grateful. Um, and so here we are and it ebbs and flows like any entrepreneur's work does and you plan for it and you, you go with it. Now, is there something that, no, that's awesome work though, but is there anything that, is there something that, you know, whether throughout this conversation or since you've been, uh, following what I've been doing, is there any questions that, is there something you'd like to ask me or know about maybe something that the listeners might not necessarily or, or, or ordinarily know about me? Well, I don't know a ton about you. So I would ask where your um, interest in passion for broadcasting started. That is a very good question. And I will share that here. Um, well, it was a long time ago when I was a kid, um, about seven years old or so, back in 90, 1997, 1998, around that time. I always enjoyed, you know, listening to the uh, the radio. And actually, an old bus driver of mine um, got me hooked on to... Um, got me hooked on to um, to Chime, mm. and of course, which was actually they were actually close to their current format that they are now. But um, and then I then I then I started getting into um, the talk radio side, and I really enjoyed listening to talk radio, and I enjoyed listening to. Um, to sports. I'm a Leaf fan, a Jays fan, a Kitchener Rangers fan, a Raptor fan. And that's kind of what, you know, that that sort of that's what drew me to it. And nice. and then I said, you know, um I really had this dream and a lifelong dream, like even like throughout school and high school that you know, I really want to get into I really want to get into to broadcasting and you know of course well, of course at the time i really didn't know what i know now about how how the uh, legacy media is is or was at the time and it was it had started in the late 2000s even to be this way as it is now but i said but you know, I realized at the same point that 
in that sort of way that it's not it it may not that it's not a realistic thing at this point. But so then when 2010, 2011 hit, um, which was my last year of high school, I said, you know, like I know that broadcast, it's not good. Like in, in a legacy, I always wanted to host a talk show. Right. And it's like, mm. but I knew that that wasn't really going to be what ended up, what was going to happen. Right. So then I said, 2011, then I'm like, okay. Then I took a, a call center program. And then I, and of course I also have a passion for, um, for teaching, um, for, um, for uh, teaching um, the technology, like what I know how to use, like things that I know how to use. Even, even if somebody asked me, Oh, how do you use, uh, how do you do this on zoom? You know, I'd be happy to teach, you know, that even things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So then I said, you know, and I always, and you know what I said, okay, you know what, this is something too, you know, this is something I, I know I'm, I'm doing too. And you know, and all the analyzing and everything else. And then it's like, then, but somehow, and then I also began to listen. I still was continuing to listen to podcasts and then uh, talk radio. And it's like, but it was sort of the thing, but that bug, the, the bug of hosting a talk show, it never left me. Mm-hmm. And then I said, then the opportunity came. Of course, I already knew how to do these things um, prior, but then the opportunity came to take the contact, the, uh, an, ex- the, an accessible voice in broadcasting offered through Connect for Life, which is a program, uh, which is a which is a an organization that provides student uh, programs and services to people with disabilities. And the lucky thing for me was was that it was also being offered virtually because obviously I'm not going to you know be able to go to Mississauga a couple days a week, right? So, and that sort of came, and then. Um, I've all, and then I said, okay. And I said, you know what? And, and throughout, I said, this is what I want to do. I want to do my own talk show. I want to host my own show on sports and the world of broadcasting. And, and I've always been following for quite some time, places like broad, as, as you can probably tell places like broadcast dialogue. And, mm-hmm. Yes. I, re- I read the weekly briefing every week and as do I. Yep. I find it fascinating who got fired and who got who got who decided to move on and um right. So then it's like, okay, and then so and then it's like now that's where I ended up. So now of course I uh, I I guess I've we can say that I've sort of I'm I'm living that dream just not on actual radio. Well, that's a wonderful example, Allie, of how the power is with you now. The power is with you, not with Bell, not with anybody else. You can do this without them on your own. And it's the same with voiceover. It used to be that we always had to go do an audition in downtown Toronto, and I would walk in, and the same people would be there, and they would get the job, and it was just tough. Um, but now, from my home, I can audition Nobody has to look each other in the eye. Uh, Nobody has to, I don't have to drive anywhere. You don't have to get an okay from some executive or manager at some radio station. And you do what you want your way from your home. And, you know, we are empowered at this point in time, despite everything else that's going on. And, and 
when you have an entrepreneurial spirit, you can make it happen for yourself. And I think you're providing a wonderful example of that. You know, I enjoy every minute of it. I really, and every moment of it, you know what? And, and, you know, what? and I, you know, and, and also I like having the conversation and, mm. you know, what? some people have also told me what I was also told to that quote uh, um, is that quote, people told me, quote, you're a very good listener, quote. You are a very good listener because there are people who listen only to talk, but you listen thoughtfully and respond to what you've heard. Um, that's a skill that a lot of interviewers don't have or have to learn to develop. Yeah, egg, 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 um, yes, um, egg, yeah, I know it is very true. And you know what, Lisa, and I'll be honest with you, you know what, I'm really looking forward to doing a um, to doing a part two with you uh, down the road real soon, if uh, if you're interested in doing that. Oh, I'd be happy to do it. Maybe I'll have a little less spittle to to uh, spit out about Bell that time. But uh, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what they do next. Oh yeah, we will. <laughs> you know, perhaps maybe we can maybe we can delve. You know, perhaps we can delve a little bit more into um, uh, into um, you know you know the voiceover talent side narration side we can probably delve a little bit more into that sure um, whatever you like yeah that, that's what i'd yeah like to, you know that's sort of been an interest yeah feel free to um take a look and um feel free to um uh, book something in hey great i've enjoyed this a lot ali thank you for the invitation oh it's been a pleasure and uh and uh where can uh, people find uh, you you online or and your work uh x linkedin working uh, yeah, I'm on X. I'm on LinkedIn. I have my own website with demos and stuff on it, uh, voiceoflisabrandt.com. And I'm on Facebook and everything except really TikTok. I'm not very active there. <laughs> Instagram, I'm there. Yeah, all over. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, and I'm on, and you know, the end, you can find me in the same uh, places as well, LinkedIn, um, X, uh, Facebook. I do have a uh, a public uh, page, the broadcast map page, um, and uh, the information and our and our information will be in the show notes for this show. My name is Ali Musa. I really appreciate um, you listening, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Wednesday show. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Ali. It's been my pleasure, and I will be back with you on Thursday which uh february 15th with tom hayes longtime uh, news anchor uh ctv news uh toronto currently hosts one minute morning and uh looking forward to that conversation as well and then sean woodley is back friday the 16th and we will talk about the raptors season and where they're headed and stay tuned I remind you, there's always excellent conversation on the way. Thank you so much for listening to Broadcast Map. To learn more about the show, please visit http colon slash slash alitechgroup.wordpress.com slash broadcast map slash. Like the Broadcast Map Facebook page by searching broadcast map. Stay tuned. There is always excellent conversation on the way.